Hello everybody, I'm Sean and welcome back to the Croc Time podcast, delivering weekly updates on markets and geopolitics, providing with valuable insights and unique perspectives on events and trends shaping the world. Today's episode will look into some interesting dynamics which make Canada unique and different compared to many other global countries. The first aspect we will analyze is its economy. Canada has a rich and highly developed economy, but at the same time, it's characterized by a lack of dynamism and innovation. The economy is also pretty concentrated, highly dependent on natural resources and very oligopolistic with a low competitive environment. After that, we will dive into the country's immigration. While Canada welcomes immigrants and fosters a multicultural society, the same can't be said about foreign companies trying to invest in the country. Finally, the last topic on the agenda is Canada's bubbly housing market. In fact, Canada ranks among the lowest of the most developed economies for housing affordability. How is this even possible? Let's cut to the chase and find out. Canada is a very particular country. Its vast land mass, populated by few people, is the world's ninth largest economy. It is also one of the few developed nations that are net exporters of energy. Even though its economy is dominated by the service industry, its primary sector is extremely important. Its forestry and petroleum products are exported throughout the world. Canada's east coast possesses vast offshore natural gas deposits, while Alberta has the fourth largest oil reserves in the world. The Canadian prairies, which include Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, are one of the world's largest producers of wheat, canola and other grains. Its mineral wealth is unparalleled. As the world's hunger for natural resources continues to increase, Canada is in a prime position to supply Western-aligned countries. You can find lithium in Quebec, nickel and gold in Ontario, uranium in Saskatchewan, and copper in British Columbia. Canada is the world's largest producer of potash, an essential component for fertilizers. But, as is always the case, the resource curse has also had an effect on Canada. The resource curse hasn't led to widespread political instability and underdevelopment as in Africa or South America. However, its resources have weakened the competitive landscape of its companies, diminishing their international attractiveness. Let's find out more about this. Outside of commodities and outdoor apparel, such as in parkas and winter wear, Canadian firms seem to be unable to expand internationally. Its firms seem to have forgotten how to compete internationally. The Canadian economy is very oligopolistic. That is, there are many industries dominated by very few players. Canada's four biggest banks hold three quarters of its domestic deposits, a very high level compared with the other OECD countries. Its two biggest grocery stores possess over a third of their domestic market. Its domestic aviation industry is a duopoly, while the telecoms industry is a triopoly. 
The country's strength in natural resources has weakened its incentive to build globally competitive industries. Successful multinationals are hard to find. Its banks tried to enter the US but failed, even though the two countries are economically intertwined. One interesting consequence of this lack of competitiveness is that most of the companies in oligopolistic industries are more profitable than their American or European peers. A notable exception of a Canadian company expanding internationally is Brookfield, which became the world's second largest infrastructure investment company. But is there anything else that explains this particular market structure? There can be two different reasons for this. Firstly, while foreign antitrust regulators are more hesitant to permit consolidations, Canada's antitrust regulators are not known for blocking mergers. Domestic consolidations are easy and have been common for years. However, foreign investment in the country is a massive hassle. Many multinationals have complained about the challenges of doing business in the country. Foreign bids to acquire Canadian firms are incredibly hard and are oftentimes blocked. Some examples of this include Egyptian tycoon Naguid Sawiris bidding to acquire Manitoba Telecom Services, also called MTS. It was rejected by the government with little explanation. Funnily enough, MTS was acquired shortly after by a local rival. Glencore, a Swiss firm, bid to acquire Tech Resources, a Canadian metals and coal producer, earlier in 2023. With no progress in sight so far, Glencore seems to have lost some of its appetite. All of this explains the country's low foreign direct investment. One other limitation, which has certainly led to Canada's lack of competitiveness, is the absence of innovation and cutting-edge technology. Low patent penetration and very low exports of technology compared to OECD average are clear examples of this. While Canadian universities are some of the best in the world, and its population possesses very high levels of education, the country underfunds innovation. Spending on R&D is significantly below OECD peers and international venture capital firms overlook the country. Canadian tech winners are nowhere in sight, that is if you exclude Shopify, the country's only exception. As we've already mentioned, Canada easily blocks foreign investments, but its immigration policy is actually really welcoming. So let's now move to the country's immigration. Foreign-born people make up around one quarter of Canada's population, and its attractiveness for immigrants in recent years continues to increase. We have to say that this is also due to US President Donald Trump's anti-immigration policies. Canada's population increased by more than a million people in 2022 due to a surge in immigrants and temporary residents. Canada depends on immigration to both drive its economy and support an aging population. Newfoundland and Labrador 
long home to Irish Catholic descent, is currently seeing a strong migration of Ukrainians and Indians. The government, though, is prioritizing legal routes and is tightening its border with the US, as 40,000 immigrants were caught crossing the border last year. One notable consequence of the country's strong immigration is that its average age is plateauing at around 41 years and hasn't increased in recent years. Even though immigration is strong, it is interesting to notice that many Canadian industries are having trouble finding staff. Around 1 million job posts are unfilled across the country. Canada has a target to welcome 1.5 million new residents between 2023 and 2025. What really makes Canada unique is that a large majority of its population believes in the benefits of immigration. 85% of Canadians believe immigration is good for the economy and 69% support increased immigration levels. Quebec is the only exception and is actually reducing its immigrant intake. Its premier equated increased immigration with extremism and violence. This is highly peculiar if you consider that Quebec has the oldest population in the country and is also affected by an acute shortage of workers. Despite the incredible benefits generated by immigration, Record-breaking immigration is also leading to many other challenges. Infrastructure, transportation, and the housing market are seeing the biggest effects. And this leads us perfectly to the third and final point on the agenda. Canada ranks among the lowest of the most developed economies for housing affordability. The country's national problem can now be defined as a housing crisis. Large cities like Toronto and Vancouver have become too expensive for many ordinary Canadians. Even increasing interest rates have not dented Canada's housing market, which continues to remain resilient. According to the country's National Housing Agency, Canada needs to build 5.8 million new homes, including 2 million rental units, by 2030 to solve the problem. So far, construction activity has failed to keep pace with sky-high demand. Canada's Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has been facing growing criticism for failing to tackle the growing housing crisis. Some recent options that have been considered by the government include putting a cap on international students to reduce the demand for housing. In fact, more than 800,000 international students were accepted in 2022, a 75% increase compared to five years ago. In January of 2023, the government tried putting a ban on foreign property ownership to reduce competitiveness in the market. Tackling the complexity of the issue will require a multi-pronged approach, addressing housing supply, affordability, and the importance of real estate to Canada's wealth. Canada's private sector debt as a percent of GDP is extremely high and is growing rapidly. It currently stands at 216% of GDP, compared to the US's 153%. Since Canada has started to raise interest rates, the lack of affordability crisis has only gotten worse.
Over half of all mortgages are variable rate and are therefore heavily exposed to Canada increasing interest rates. This has had a massive negative impact on thousands of households, decreasing household disposable income. We can be certain about Canada's future role in a changing global order as it is a mineral and energy powerhouse. But it's important that the country sorts out issues like the lack of competition and its housing market. I'll continue to keep an eye out on Canada's interesting situation and keep you all updated. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Cock Time. Please leave a review and follow me on Instagram, and I'll be back next time with more insightful research.